Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we record this, the 2024 Grammy nominations have been recently announced, and if you're looking for a theme for popular music in 2023, I think it can actually be summed up by a song from 2011. Who Run the World? Girls, y'all! Six out of the seven nominees for the 2024 Album of the Year are women. The soundtrack to the Barbie movie, overwhelmingly featuring women artists, was the album of the summer. Between Taylor Swift and Beyonce, was anyone else even touring this year? You get the drift. So it's fitting that, for the great pop culture debate best of 2023 music episode, most of our panelists' picks are albums by women, although we have a few men in the mix because we're committed to diversity. So join us as our panelists share their favorite albums as the great pop culture debate presents the best music of 2023. Like Kim Petrus, I have also named my coconuts. They are Statler and Waldorf, and you are also welcome to put them in your mouth. Welcome to the Lemon Party. I'm your host, Eric. Resniak. Please help me welcome my amazing panel. We are always delighted whenever she returns to our Cracker Island. It's Andrea Guerrero. Eric, y'all know you're my favorite group of salty bitches. I was going to say that I like to think when it comes to crackers, we are the Ritz, oily, salty, and we love being piled with meat. We've left him rusting in the rain since our last recording, but he's finally back. Please welcome Jake Lewis. I know it's all just dumb luck, but so glad to get the call. Well, I'm looking forward to you helping us make it through the night, Jake. And finally, he never wastes a Friday night on a first date. Our favorite super graphic, ultra-modern gay, it's Johnny Minogue. Listen, I'm not overdramatic. I just know what I want. And they're not fugly jeans. Well, any guy who wears them does not have what it takes to be with a girl like you. And we have Bob Erlenbach in the producer booth, lip-syncing to I'm Just Ken, because he is enough. So our best of episodes are a little different from our usual format. There's no polls. There's no brackets. There's barely even any debating. Our panelists just are going to do a pop culture show and tell on their individual top three albums released this year. Do you disagree with some of our picks? Do you want to add more to the conversation? Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and leave a comment on this episode or find us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Mastodon, or Facebook and tell us what you think. With that out of the way, let's get into these top threes. I'm going to start in alphabetical order and that means Andrea is up first with her first pick. My first pick is producer Bob's favorite pop star, Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, Her album, Guts, is her sophomore album. And if you love the 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack, Eric, I really (laughs) think you're going to love Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. It just like, it fits so perfectly. It's got that nice balance of like girly pop and femininity and like Riot Girl. Um, it can be really intimidating being like the the it girl pop star and then like going with your second album, Cough Cough Lizzo, Cough Cough. Oh. Um, but she really does take it to the next level, like vocally and lyrically. You can tell even in just those couple of years being in the public eye, she's learned a lot and grown a lot. Um, 
she, I just really think that she's the perfect representation of Gen Z, honestly, just mad and angry, but also like really just wants to have fun while she's young. I think Gen Z has this awareness about them that our generations did not have, which for better or for worse, take that what you will. Um, but the whole album just feels like super spunky and cool and bratty. And I just, I, I'm really happy that she gets to experience life in this way and like not, she doesn't seem to be getting a ton of hate from what I've seen anyway, but I'm also not like on like the deep corners of the internet either. Um, but she really does seem to be celebrated among fans. Um, I really do think she's kind of got like, Taylor Swift energy as far as like how far she can go down the road. She's a great lyricist, just like Taylor Swift. She's a great performer. Um, and it just makes me really happy to see her succeed. Yeah. It's funny. Um, you mentioned the 10 things I hate about you, Sandrak. I actually love guts. I think it's such a great album. Um, I think you made such a good point when you were saying that, uh, they're so easy to to whiff that sophomore outing, right? The expectations are so high. And she's clearly very much aware of them. That's text right in the album, in the lyrics, where she talks, I think it's Teenage Dream, where she's just like, when do I stop being great for my age and I just be recognized for being good? Like, she's terrific. I think the reason that she's not getting hate because this album is unimpeachable. It's so good that you can't hate it no matter what. And I'm I'm deeply impressed by Olivia Rodrigo. I liked her previous album. This one's so much better. And I'm, I'm just 10, 10, no notes. So thank you, Andrea. Terrific pick. I love it, even though you compared it to the 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack. So thank you. Uh, uh, Johnny, do you want to say something? I just love her song, All American Bitch. It just reeks of that Gen Z angst. And I couldn't be more here for it, even though I am nothing Gen Z. I might be a bitch, but I'm definitely not Gen Z. But I love it so much. Yeah, I just didn't remember selling my life rights to Olivia Rodrigo, and so I am going to be in touch with her management about getting my cut of that song. But thank you. Excellent pick. Um, I will take it up with my first pick, which is Kim Petras. And actually, it's a twofer because Kim released not one but two full albums this year, Feed the Beast and Problematique. 2023 was a huge year for Kim Petras. In February, she won the Grammy with Sam Smith for Best Pop Group Slash Duo Performance for Unholy. She also performed with Smith during the Grammys telecast being introduced by Madonna, who lavished her with praise. This summer, she released Feed the Beast, her debut studio album. The hard-edged pop disc included hits like Alone with Nicki Minaj and Coconuts, featured in a memorable lip-sync on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 8. And in all, it's a solid disc. Personally, I love King of Hearts. It's the very definition of a banger. And then, out of nowhere, in October, Petra Surprise dropped Problematique, her 2022 album that was intended to be her solo debut, but was scrapped after numerous tracks leaked online. And honestly, I liked Problematique even more. It's a softer pop disc with lighter, more disco elements. The title track is a delightful confection that lampoons Petrus's complicated public persona and reputation, but the whole album is strong. So not only did Ken Petrus win a Grammy this year, not only she did, did she release not one, but two very strong pop albums this year, she also did it in a political climate that is openly hostile to who she is. For those who don't know, Kim is a transgender 
transgendered woman and is credited as being the youngest ever German to ever go through gender reassignment surgery when she made her transition at age 16. Kim has been working to break into the industry for more than 15 years now, and it feels like this was the year where she really made it big. Although she had several hit singles for years, headlining gigs at numerous Pride events, and an increasingly bold public presence. It's that last part that I find so interesting about Kim. You would think that the LGBTQ plus community would rally around her. She is out there breaking boundaries in a way that transgender artists are rarely able. She's a bona fide pop star now. And while she has her vocal defenders, I found that any opportunity for takedown is exploited with relish, even from her supposed fans. She's criticized in a level I haven't seen since Madonna and her Like a Prayer heyday. And while that must be supremely frustrating for Kim Petras, I would say that it shows that she's doing something very right. Congratulations, Kim. You had a huge year. You gave us great music. And I honestly think you're very much on the right track. And if people hate you, fuck them. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, has anyone listened to the Kim Petras disc? I assume Johnny Minogue has fierce i and i the fact that people are talking shit about her is ridiculous she's yeah she's our she's the pop star that we need right now i agree she's really pushing some boundaries jake are, are you familiar with miss petrus and her work or is that not kind of your ballyhoo <laughs> um i cannot say that i've listened to the full album but um one of my friends is a dj at the gate one of the gay bars here in dallas and he got bombarded with requests for coconuts on Halloween night at our block party, just over yep. and over again. So I've heard that one um, fairly often. But that being said, Jake, why don't you walk us through your first album pick? Yeah, so mine, um, all three of mine, and I didn't really realize this until I was doing my outline for this, uh, all of them are singer-songwriters, so it's probably a little different than everyone else's. Um, and kind of a little, except for, with the exception of one, I think all of them are kind of I'm not super well known, but I think they should be. So my first pick is the Warren Treaty. Um, their studio album this year was Lovers Game. Uh, they are a husband and wife duo. Uh, for those that don't know already, um, uh, made up of Michael Trotter and Tanya Blount, which you might know from a little movie called Sister Act Two, which I've talked mm. about on the pod podcast mm -hmm. before. She was the girl singing with Lauren Hill at the piano when the nun comes up and interrupts them very rudely. Um, so they, uh, this album is pretty much all of their albums have been more kind of in the Americana vein, vein, and this is more of a dive into like country, but it still has like a really heavy overtones of like gospel and soul, and it's just R and B, all of it kind of encapsulated. But they've they've wrapped it up in more kind of a tighter country package this year um, with this album. So they've been around since like 2014. And they've, they've obviously been doing music separately longer than that. But as a, a couple, a group, they've been doing music since 2014. But they're nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys this year. Oh, great. Um, and they are also nominated for Best Americana Roots Song for Blank Page off of their album, which kind of shows you they're kind of all over the place as far as um, music is concerned. Um, but they have very tight harmonies. Um, you can tell that they're... Uh, very much the Michael Trotter is the one that writes the songs, but Tanya, like she sings them, like she wrote them too. It's just their voices work together so beautifully. Um, some of my favorites off the album are uh, "Dumb Luck," which is basically just it tells, which I kind of referenced in my intro line. Um, it it kind of is like we got here, we worked for it, but in the end, it was kind of just like we kind of just fell into our success and which 
I can kind of relate to that in my life as well. Um, there's a lot of, there's a, I wouldn't call it a cover, but a remake of a old hymn that I used to sing in church, uh, when the role is called up yonder, uh, and it's just called up yonder on the end. And they kind of just twisted that hymn to kind of fit that country genre and what, what they're looking forward to in the afterlife is being together, which is, it sounds super sappy sweet. Um, but the, the album is just kind of, uh, kind of a love story to each other, um, but also kind of a love story to Americana and country music. So I really, really enjoyed it. And if you haven't listened to it yet, please give it a try because I want them to stick around and be successful. Um, I'm delighted that you're bringing uh, a different framework to this because if it's just, as I've, I've said on this before, I think Andrea, the first year you were with us, it's like, if it's nothing but gay boys talking about gay boy music, it gets really fucking boring. So I'm delighted to have Americana and country brought into it. So thank you, Jake, for bringing that in. I'm also, one of the things that I think sets our best as apart is it's not always obvious picks. The people are hearing about things that they may not have heard of otherwise. And I have learned about great music through this and our, our panelists. So I'm so excited that you brought them forward for this. Thank you very much. Uh, Johnny, why don't you round out round one with your first pick? So talking about gay boys, talking about gay boy music, let's talk about Sufjan Stevens and his albums, uh, Javelin. So if you don't know who Sufjan Stevens is, he was probably most famous for his 2005 song, Chicago, which is part of this so-called 50 States project, which he did, ended up being the... Uh, theme song to ryan murphy's project the politician um that's how i first got um, introduced to Sufjan. but um this uh javelin being his 10th studio album um really it just kind of con continues the uh beautiful work that he's done over the last almost 20 years so this album was inspired by the death of his partner evans richardson it was one of those things that had been talked about in the media about whether or not he was gay or not he never really addressed it however he finally did address it when this album came out um, really after his his partner had passed away um this is a really beautiful melancholy but i would still say a very beautiful album full of grief sadness and heartache but it is really interwoven with supremely beautiful and surprising complex musical arrangements it sounds like he had contracted orchestras are a lot of people behind him he recorded the entire album at his house so it is intimate in a way that you would never hear never expect if you were just listening to the album um the includes in string arrangements with the uh, folk guitars and some of the simple wind instruments um one particular song my little red fox it invokes a whimsical fantasia that adds a surprising jovial and almost childlike joy but it's hiding adult pain in the lyrics like the first lyrics say i drink till it's lost drinking words that spin down pentecost and there is a lot of religiosity that is interwoven with his with his music over the last 20 years tracks like genuflecting ghost talks about giving myself a sacrifice genuflecting ghost i kiss the floor it's kind of in the same vein as like madonna's like a prayer and that the thinly veiled volatio but talking about religiousness at the same time it did receive wide wide acclaim through all of the critics across the board um it's not necessarily something i would have gone to 
especially talking about the um, subject matter of the music, but it's beautiful. It's worth a listen and it's a journey for both the listener as well as the artist. And I'm glad I took the path. Um, Andrea, are you familiar with this album? Have you listened to it or? I have not, but I've listened to previous stuff of his. Um, I believe it's pronounced Sufjan, um, Sufjan Stevens and the album Michigan when it first came out obviously being in Michigan it was really huge um and I kind of fell off after that but definitely have to check it out great well thank you very much Johnny it sounds a a beautiful uh even if it's a sad note to end round one but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back for round two of our picks after these messages with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happy holidays from the crew at the Great Pop Culture Debate. While you're running around buying gifts for all the people you love, or at least are obligated to tolerate, why not do something nice for yourself? Specifically, become a Patreon supporter of the Great Pop Culture Debate today. It's like a stocking full of treats. You'll get even more exclusive content, merch, and at the higher levels, you get to join the podcast Discord server, get shoutouts by name in future episodes, and even listen in as we record specific topics. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and tiers start as low as $5 per month. Make a last-minute play to get on Santa's nice list by becoming a subscriber at patreon.com backslash debate today. Welcome back to our Best of 2023 music episode. We're going to move right on to our second round of picks. And Andrea, you're up again. My next album is Cracker Island by Gorillaz. Um, this album is undeniably a Gorillaz album, if you're familiar with them and listen to um, their albums front to back outside of just the singles. Um, it's There's honestly not a lot of new tricks on this album for Gorillaz or Damon Albarn, um, which is fine. It's still a really good, solid Gorillaz album. And that doesn't mean that there aren't any new tricks. Um, each track has, pretty much each track has a feature. Um, tons of people, including Stevie Nicks, Beck, Bad Bunny, um, and a bunch, uh, Thundercat, a bunch of other ones that I didn't really recognize. Um, but I really love in particular the track with Bad Bunny. I think everyone knows that I'm a huge Bad Bunny stan at this point. Um, but the song Tormenta is what he's featured on. And I, this was probably the biggest, um, standout for me on the album because it's one of the few genres that gorillas and damon alburn haven't really played around with with the latin beats and the reggaeton um and i the way that he mixes it with just like the the bubbly synthy pop that gorillas is known for it just works so well 
Um, and so it's not a surprise to me that that song is the most streamed song on the album. Um, and I just really think it's admirable that Damon Albarn has been so devoted to this Gorillaz project. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I know all of the lore of Gorillaz because there's, I was like trying to learn it, but while I was prepping for this and like there's phases, I guess we're in phase seven of Gorillaz lore and this is the album that is supposed to top it off. But it's been 22 years since Clint Eastwood, their like breakout track came out. Um, and the fact that Damon has really been able to build this big thing with this cartoon band and have it be successful and make people want to continue to listen to it, I think is really admirable because it's kind of a silly concept, right? This like cartoon band that is really just Damon Albarn and whoever he decides to collaborate with. Um, it's pretty much just him messing around, um, which is great. Uh, but it's just a nice addition to the Gorillaz catalog. I think if you really liked Plastic Beach, the album before this, you'll really love Cracker Island. Um, I kind of tried to do some digging on like the meaning of the title. Is it, you know, Cracker Island, the pejorative, or is it Cracker Island more um, metaphorical for like actual saltine crackers and the consensus is is that it's a little bit of everything yeah. um which is not surprising from damon alburn um who is also the front man for blur and they're kind of known for the same type of um topics with their songs but yeah I, it's just uh an undeniably gorillas album and worth checking out if you're a fan of the gorillas what I find so fascinating about it is, as you pointed out, we've had the Gorillaz now for 22 years, and he himself is a Brit popper, right, from Blur, right? It would have been very easy for him to get stuck in that dated sound, and I listened to this album, and it sounded incredibly fresh. It's incredibly contemporary. There's nothing about it that feels throwback, and right now, I mean, this is the year that the Rolling Stones and the Beatles released new music, right? But this feels 2023 in a way that I think he should be very impressed with himself for not just following the trends but just naturally and organically evolving his sound as time goes on so yeah i think it's a great project and i'm so glad that you brought it to us thank you um i will go next with my second album it is baby queen quarter life crisis specifically the deluxe edition um it's been a while since i've been in my mid-20s and i've never been a young woman uh, maybe you know in, at heart but not in reality uh but baby queen is incredibly skilled at communicating the complexities and struggles of her 2020 20s existence in a way that even a shriveled husk of a mid-40s gay like myself can totally identify with. I've said this before, but I can't imagine how difficult it must be to be a young adult, specifically a bright young adult at this point in history. But Baby Queen makes me understand it without wallowing in the challenges. I can't get my shit together speaks to the, the difficulties of mental health and trying to convince yourself that you're fine when you're maybe probably almost certainly not fine. We can be anything as a beautiful and hopeful. Kid Genius speaks to the dichotomy of skills that are prized in the educational system that are utterly useless when you get into the real world, where increasingly, it seems, being a fucking idiot is prized. Dream Girl ruminates on the world of intense crushes in a non-binary dating world where gender and labels are a thing of the past. Baby Queen has a beautiful, lilting, singing voice and frequently delivers her verses in a low, intense talk rap style that reminds me, positively, of Cake, the alt-rock alt band from the 90s. 
make sure to continue to disc two of for her previous songs, which were released as singles or as an EP. Dover Beach is one of the most perfect pop songs I've ever heard. I could listen to it happily for the rest of my days. I think this is a young artist with incredible potential, and this is a strong debut album. I'm so excited to see where she goes from here. Being said, Jake, why don't you take us into your second pick? Yeah, so unlike Eric, um, my second pick is a white woman in her mid twenties. Um, <laughs> her name is Holly Humberstone, and she's relatively new. Um, I think her first album came out in twenty twenty one, um, and it, it was her EP. Her first record contract was in twenty twenty one, and her album is called "Paint My Bedroom Black." Um, and as you can tell from the title, it's a pretty moody, um, young. Uh, white girl album and that's right in my wheelhouse as well as country is so I'm, I'm bringing it back to the gay side of things sorry Andrea I'll bring it back after this I promise um, but the whole album is basically what you would expect from someone of that age but only in the sense of like the subject matter uh, her lyrics are incredible she is such a talented young songwriter and i have so much respect for that especially for someone that's 23 years old um so like her her album is is basically like what most of us were whenever we first came out or first started dating um it's one song's a love song and then the next track is basically a breakup song and this track after that is i'm going to to, to use this um, coping me- mechanism to get to my next love song, <laughs> which is the next track, which I love. It, it tells a story. It makes you feel what she's feeling, um, even if you're not in that headspace at the time. Um, she has uh, a beautiful song on it called Cocoon, and that's basically like I'm ready to like break out of the sadness and I'm going to take my car out for a drive. And I'm this is how I – these are the steps I'm taking to get over this breakup that I complained about in the last song. Um, and then she has a, a great song on there as well called Antichrist, um, which is basically her saying, if you're if all these things you're saying about me are true, I really must be that bad. I must be the Antichrist. And I think that's just such smart writing for, and like ballsy writing for someone on a debut album. Like, I'm going to throw this out here and I might get flack for it. I mean, she's British. So, I mean, it's kind of less taboo over there, but I mean, trying to break into the pop world, I just saying, am I the antichrist uh, is, it's not going to float with everybody. So I, I'm, it's, it's weird feeling proud of someone that you've never met. Um, I did see her at Lollapalooza in Chicago and she was incredible live, but I cannot say that I've met her, but I'm just proud of someone for like, knowing that much about themselves at 23 years old that they're able to put pen to paper and write just astoundingly good lyrics um huge huge fan of hers uh, for my birthday i actually got a signed uh, vinyl of that album that i'm gonna put up on my wall so um yeah she's great uh, another one to just give a give a, a little listen to if you want to go earlier than this year uh scarlet off of her first ep is probably my favorite song she's ever done and if that song doesn't win you over you're dead inside so 
Well, I am dead inside, but I have been won over by Holly Hummerstone. So in case you don't know, we do a Songs of the Week playlist uh, that goes up on our website, and we put it out in our newsletter, which you should be signed up for. And Jake had been suggesting Holly Humberstone songs pretty much every week for like a month. And I was like, I must check out this album when it finally came out. And Jake, I am so glad that you introduced me to this artist. She's terrific and this is a great great album if you haven't listened to it i co-signed everything that jake just said and i would also point out between holly between uh olivia rodrigo between baby queen we've already had three tremendous albums by young women in their early 20s with firecracker lyrics terrific production like what an amazing group of women we already have in this group but that being said i'd like to pass it over to another amazing woman johnny minogue talk to us to, about your second pick i will i will also add about holly when i looked at our a spreadsheet because we have a shared spreadsheet of all of our picks and i read it and i thought it said holly hallstrom who's one of the og models on the prices right and i go <laughs> wow she's coming back at you and i was i first i was like i misread it and i go Oh yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> come on a, down. Come on down. We're going to the next contestant on the <laughs> on the pop culture debate best of. So we're talking another uh, white girl in her twenties. We're talking about Chapel Roan, uh, the rise and fall of a Midwest princess. So um, it's her debut album. Although it's interesting that this album is really a collection of disparate singles that have come out since twenty twenty although it is really packaged deliciously and it's, you would never know that this wasn't all curated all at once. Um, so Chapel Roan is actually not her real name. It is a combination of her grandfather's last name and his favorite song, which is called the strawberry Roan and put them together. She hates her real name. Um, Kaylee Rose. I go, yeah, Chapel Roan is the way to go. I'm glad she made that decision. Um, this album really showcases a really interesting musicality where you can hear all of her influences in all of her songs. Some of them are that she's talked about her Lord, Lana Del Rey, Stevie Nicks, Rihanna, but the output is signature song that is completely her own. Um, the first song I was ever introduced to of hers was super graphic, ultra modern girl. Um, it is a, her first, it was the first single I ever knew of, of hers, but it was never actually released. I don't know why it's really, truly her best track. It's high energy. It's catchy. It's a little stupid, but it's fun. And it, I listen to it and I walk down the street and I'm going to be walking down the street to it later tonight and just feeling my oats. She can do bops, hot to go, phenomenon. These are two really amazing, upbeat, banger of songs, but she also can do much more stripped down vulnerability. One of her best songs that I love is the song Coffee. Um, it is, she is we're talking about the regret of a love that's over, but the feeling that it's still buried deep that you still have that urging. And if that they only can meet for coffee, because as she said, because if we have wine, you know that you'll want me. And I know that that's a lie. We've had those kind of toxic relationships in her life. She's talking real. She's talking about some really intense emotions that we've all experienced. My other favorite song of hers is My Kink is Karma, which is pure schadenfreude to the best that I can think of in any sort of song where she's talking about someone who's done her wrong, her former partner, and she got hot over watching their life crumble. And oh, quite yes. frankly, I can't, I, I can't not enjoy a little bit of that. It's like, you fucked me over. I'm enjoying the world fucking you over. 
it pettiness really, is our signature color. <laughs> it's not just blush and fucking bashful. Exactly. It, right. it, it evokes it evokes a lot of Tori Amos from the Choir Girl Hotel in the same kind of musical styles, the rawness, sexuality, and ability to connect with the listeners in such a visceral way. I love her and think she's fantastic. Perfect. Thank you so much uh, for nominating this album. It's so good. And Jake, you wanted to chime in here. Yeah. So we saw her when she was here in Dallas and um, being in Texas should like to make a statement. Her opening act was nothing but drag queens. So you have to respect that in Texas. Uh, And she was incredible. Her voice sounds amazing live. Uh, Pink Pony Club is one of my favorite songs of all time. The video is incredible. Um, yeah, so that's a great pick, and she was just off my list, uh, but such a good, such a good pick, Johnny. Yeah, she was going to be on my list too. So thank you for nominating her, and I'm glad you, Jake, mentioned Pink Pony Club. It is. I love a song about strippers. I do, and this is one of the all-time great stripper songs ever recorded. I I love it. So, um, speaking of songs, we are, do have a playlist for this episode that you can find on our website at greatpopculturedebate.com. It will have. Uh, three selections from each of the discs that we're nominating. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, invest an entire, I, you know, 40 minutes of your life. How dare you? Uh, we will have a best of selection for you to listen to. So that is it, folks. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back with our final round of picks for our favorite album of the year. We'll be right back. We are back with the last round of our Best of 2023 music episode. Before we wrap things up, I want to ask our panel, where can people find you on social media and what else are you working on? Andrea Guerrero. I have finally deleted the Bird app. I'm no longer there. So I'm now on Blue Sky and on Instagram. Very rarely both of those platforms, at Dre Souffle. Um, What am I working on? Not a lot, just doing this podcast. Um, I do have an Etsy shop, Dre Souffle, same name as everywhere else, where you can buy stickers, uh, vinyl stickers, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yes, and we have actually made a couple vinyl stickers with Dre Souffle uh, that you can get as merch if you become a Patreon supporter of our podcast. So thank you very much, Andrea. Jake Lewis, where can people find you? What else are you working on? Um, I You can find me on still on Facebook as Jake Lewis. Uh, and you can also find me on Instagram at That Takes the Jake. Uh, just recently went private, so you're going to have to request. Um, new thing for me. I'm being very secretive now. I have a private Ooh, life. I love it. Um, what I'm working on, same as always, just always checking up on what Arma Marfo's doing yep. um, just so I can feel inadequate because yes. she does everything all the time. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I've got going on. Same here. Well, thank you. It's uh, delighted to have you back, Jake. And Johnny, where can people find you? What else are you working on? Um, I'm on pretty much everything as Johnny Minogue. One word, no H, just like the Kylie and Danny. I'm still hosting uh, trivia at Club Cafe in Boston every Tuesday at 8 p.m. And it's a lot of fun. We've got great themes. And if you got nothing else to do in the middle of the week, this is the place to be. So visit clubcafe.com to reserve your table if you're in the Boston area. 
Perfect. And that's how I met Johnny. He is a terrific trivia host, and I'm so glad that we've been able to continue our relationship on this year's show. Uh, so you can find me at Eric Resniak. That's R-E-Z-S as in snake and as in Nancy Y-A-K on Instagram. And make sure you're following at Great Pop Culture Debate on Instagram and TikTok and at GPCD on Mastodon. It is my goal to be fully off of Twitter slash X by the time this episode airs. So fingers crossed we have done that. With that being said, we're going to get back to these final picks. Andrew, what have you got for us? My final and favorite pick is In Times New Roman by Queens of the Stone Age. Um, Queens of the Stone Age is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, this is another band that's been around for a while. I think the first album came out in the late 90s. Um, but if you love stoner, sludgy, uh, garage, messy rock, this is the band for you. Um, their last album, Villains, was produced by Mark Ronson. So it had like a little bit more of like a dance rock vibe, which was cool and different for them. Um, wasn't my favorite personally. So when this album came out, I was very excited to learn that it was entirely self-produced. Um, and it is a very wonderful return to old Queens of the Stone Age. It is by far their darkest sludgiest stonerist album um josh homie the uh homie i believe homie homie his uh whole um oh my gosh what's the word inspiration for the album um was about your world falling apart basically he was said in interviews that he wanted the album to sound as brutal as it is to be alive right now uh Josh went through a divorce. He went through custody battle. He was diagnosed with cancer that has been treated ever since. He lost like seven friends within a year and a half, including Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, which Queens of Stone Age and the Foo Fighters, they're like really connected. Um, so yeah, he had a lot to go off of with this album and it really comes through um it is uh the influence of trials and tribulations of life come through especially on songs like paper machete and emotion sickness um some of these songs are very obviously directed at his ex-wife some of these songs are very obviously directed at himself he always knocks it out of the park with stuff like this with just that heavy feeling that really drives this type of rock um i i think to me they're one of the last standing like true rock bands along with like you know like the foo fighters and stuff like that um but yeah if you need something cathartic if your world has fallen apart like mine and josh's has this last year go listen to it um it is very much worth your while it's only 10 tracks um the last track is like nine and a half minutes long or something like that so that's where your most of your time is going to be um but it just sludges all the way through and that is where my music heart lies is this style of music so it was just really nice to be able to return to that this year I'm glad that we have a rock nomination on this list. Uh, I agree with you. There are so many true rock bands that are left. So thank you for bringing that flavor to us. And I've said since the beginning of the pandemic that as awful as this has been, and it's still awful, the world is still absolutely chaos. Um, 
great art can come out of really difficult periods. And I do think we are seeing that. I think we're seeing that in, in many of the selections from this year. I think a lot of people are really expressing them through those albums. And this is one of them. So thank you very much, Andrea. Great pick. Um, I will go into my third pick, which is in no way rock or depressing. It is the exact opposite. It is Jesse Ware's That Feels Good. Um, I don't know about you, but I think it's time to shake it till the pearls fall off. Uh, this fall, I had the pleasure, and I do use that term in every conceivable meaning, of seeing Jesse Ware live during her two-night residency in New York City. It was a medium-sized show. I would estimate five to 700 people. The absolute perfect size to appreciate Ware and her act, presented in the conceit of the Pearl a Club. She had that room firmly in her grasp. Her live vocals were so impressive, soaring into the high notes on the downtown ballads and serving us funk and groove in the dancer hits. At one point, the entire balcony was jumping in rhythm to one of her biggest hits, and the whole platform was sh- literally shaking. And I thought to myself... It would be cool if this is how I die. Jesse, where I'm at peace at, with dying at your concert. Um, of course, we survived. So let's talk about my favorite album of the year, the appropriate titled That Feels Good. Much like her previous album, What's Your Pleasure? That Feels Good is a potent reminder that even though the world increasingly seems to be spinning towards oblivion, there is wonder and excitement and loveliness to be had. And much of that can be accessed through, well, fucking. Lead singer, lead single, Free Yourself, which was released in 2022, is the bohemian anthem we all need now so badly. I'm physically incapable of dancing, but I want to assure you that every time I listen to Pearls, I am shaking my man titties all over the goddamn room in my head. Hello Love encapsulates sweet release, giving into feelings that we may avoid after love has bruised us too badly. Beautiful people made me want to buy a purple leather jacket. I've never seen a purple leather jacket, much less wanted to buy a purple leather jacket before the song, but now I want it. I've got to have it. There is not a bad song on this entire album, and I really mean that. I don't think this album was nominated for any Grammys, which is a crime. We can make up for this robbery by purchasing That Feels Good, not streaming it, and seeing Jesse live in concert. I can personally vouch for its healing effects. My crops were watered, my skin was cleared, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. Um, have any of the other panelists listened to this album? I feel like this is something that Jake may be in your vein. Yeah, so I can't say that I've listened to the album start to finish, um, but it's it is a. I know her more for her like slow songs, and it's not going to come to me right off the bat. Um, but there was a couple songs she released a few years ago that we were very into and were on repeat all the time. I also saw her at ACL this year. I mean, she is incredible live. Uh, it was a different vibe with a bigger crowd, so I can understand um, a smaller venue. But she does put on a really good show, um, and I. She's one of those people you trust with music. She's like, she's going to put out good music regardless. You can turn it on um, background, foreground, wherever you want it. And it's going to be good music. Uh, she's, she's a very, very talented person. Amen. Uh, speaking of talented people, Jake, why don't you take us into your third pick? Yeah. So back into um, country, uh, which is, I, I guess, like by default, uh, being a native born Texan is kind of my my vein, whether I want it to be or not, like I always seem to come back to it. Um, so, uh, if you haven't ter- heard of Tyler Childers, uh, before this year, um, he released an album called resting in the rain, which could not be a more country title, even leaving off the G at the end of it, just so you know, he's really, really country. I would, <laughs> I would describe him if you don't already know, like, this is what I wrote in my notes. If chewing tobacco was a person, that's what his voice sounds like. Like he's just as country as you can possibly get. 
And I love that. Like, I love that old country sound where they're just kind of unapologetically not trying to cross over. They're just, this is who they are. This is who I am. And you're going to like my voice. or You're not going to like my voice. That's kind of the vibe he gives off. Um, so uh, a couple of highlights from Rustin in the Rain. Um, he does a cover of Help Me Make It Through the Night by Chris Christopherson. And if you know that song, you know that it's been covered by Tammy Wynette and Elvis and Joan Baez. And his version is definitely my favorite, which is saying a lot because I really do enjoy that song. Um, it's just a, a different a different take because of his voice and just the arrangement slightly different. It just, it's just, it suits him really well. Um, also probably the best song on the album is called in your love. And I think that's probably the one that most people have heard about due to the controversy around it. Um, the accompanying music video. I was a big fan of the song before I saw the music video. Um, the music video really like is the, opposite of what Jason Aldean did. If y'all know that story, um, it was controversial for the right reasons. Basically the, the video is if Brokeback Mountain happened in a coal mine, <laughs> uh, it's a love story uh, between two men um, played by Colton Haynes and James Scully. So unlike Brokeback Mountain, they actually use queer people to play those roles. Um, but it is a beautiful love song and he wrote it with his gay uncle in mind and he made the video with his gay uncle in mind and he's like this is what i wish my uncle could have had as a person living where we lived i mean it's just beautiful it's heartbreaking uh spoiler alert it it's not a it's not a happy like dancing music video you're you're gonna cry um but it's beautiful and i love that he's standing up for it um it's nominated for Video of the Year at the Grammys. It's nominated for Song Country Song of the Year at, at the Grammys. Um, but I would love, love, love if it won Video of the Year just so like collective heads could explode all <laughs> over. Because um, you know people are going to pull it up like, oh, which which video won? Um, country country music country radio is not going to be happy about that one winning. Um, but yeah, it's it's the whole album all the way through is is very it's it's short album. I think it's only like seven or eight tracks total so it's easy to listen to but all of it's very cohesive and fun and it goes from slow love songs like in your love to like resting in the rain the title track that's just like a, a bop um so listen to it put him on your put him just give country a chance if you haven't yep. and and start with tyler childers because we support people that support us absolutely great pick and andrea you wanted to say something yeah, I just I agree with everything you said, Jake. I love Tyler Childers so much. Um, I I saw a meme or something once that was like, you know, hey, emo kids of the 2000s, how's your like your run with country music or something like treating you with Tyler Childress and Sturgill Simpson and uh, artists like that and very much along those uh, veins. And um, to your point, Jake, with going up against the uh, Jason Baked Bean song. Um, this, I, I really think people like Tyler and um, Sturgill are the true representations of blue collar America, not the poppy shit that you're hearing on the radio from artists like Jason. Um, so I think this is a great podcast to promote country music on, especially stuff like, like this um as you said there are people that are 
our people and singing and speaking for our people. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, Jake will be joining us for season nine. We are doing our best country music diva episode. So we are fully taking the plunge into country music. I'm so excited. And what a terrific pick, Jake. Thank you very much. Uh, Johnny, why don't you take us home with your last pick of the episode? Sure can. So we're going to, my best for last, it's not Vanessa Williams, but Mm. it is my my favorite album of the year uh it's kylie minogue i am not doing this nepotism johnny no it's just a nom to send so it's i have was not paid she didn't tell me to do this i'm doing this on my own free will and volition so let's talk about tension tension is her 16th album um she has done she's been making albums for the last 36 years and this is probably one of her best ones that she's ever put out it is a confluence of all of the great things that makes kylie the star that she is she does exactly what she does she puts out amazing pop songs with beats that just make you enjoy and love yourself and the music that is that she is putting out so initially she was trying to do a 1980s um, influenced album she was an she was an artist of the 80s so it's very meta that she was can be influenced by herself however she and her longtime producers decided to scrap that album and they just went let's just do an full-on good pop dance album and that is exactly what tension is it is coalescing at the same time that kylie is doing her initial vegas uh, residency which tried to get tickets for and i could not get it and i blame demon twinks and west hollywood for buying them all very quickly in any event so you might have heard the first song that was released was padam padam and i know there are a few old queens who love edith piaf saying she stole it from her it's like i don't think she did i think they can live in two separate worlds and they definitely do and they're great on their own but it padam padam which is the lead off song is almost a throwback to the late 90s rave culture it's 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 thumping it's dark it's deep and it's exactly what summer 2023 needed to get the dance floors lit up and that's what it did she has 11 tracks plus on her deluxe album the 16 tracks of amazing pop work some of her other songs hold on to now written with her and one of her um, longtime collaborators bill standard who's also worked with the spice girls little mix is probably one of the best pop tracks that she's put out in probably 20 years um the release of tension the video is hilarious it's funny i didn't enjoy it at first but once it's within the album it's really good and then vegas high which is kind of tied into her release of her um residency it is the last track that she sings and quite frankly, it's a great song, but you could put any two-word city in there and be Vegas High, New York High, Boston High. Can't do Minneapolis High, but you can do St. Paul High. There's Pacoima no lyrics. High. Oh, yes. Lincoln High, Denver High. You know, Pacoima, <laughs> Pacoima High actually might be work. But if it's more than that, it won't work too much. But in any event, I I – I could not get enough of this. And it, within the Kylie verse it is renowned as one of her best albums, instant classic. It is up there with fever. It is up there with title title album. And I'm so excited that this came out this year and all these younger and people who never know who Kylie was were able to experience it. So tension, tension, tension. 
it is wild to me when Padam Padam came out that um, all of these like 20 something kids are like, who is this Kylie Minogue? And all of us who are grizzled and, and Gen Xers are just like, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> like, come on. Um, I, we've said for years that Kylie kind of walked off with the gaze that Madonna kind of left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always been a believer that Kylie has banger like every other albums, but she had two in a row because I also really loved Magic. So good for you Kylie she's arguably more relevant now than she has been in like 20 years and we love that for her so thank you Johnny and thank you Kylie for another great album we're going to wrap things up with some honorable mentions and I'm going to go around the horn for my panelists to briefly talk about a couple albums that just missed their top three Andrea which ones were you going to mention uh, I had two that I just wanted to mention really quick. The first one being the Bad Bunny album. Um, I won't try to say it in Spanish. You would think after growing up in a Spanish household and two years on Duolingo, I'd be able to do this by now, but I can't. Um, so the English translation is nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, it is uh, another wonderful Bad Bunny album. Um, if you've liked all of his stuff up until now, you won't be disappointed with this one. Um, plus if you've seen him on SNL from the last few weeks or months, however long it's been now, um, you can tell that this guy just is packed with talent and continue to support him because he deserves all of the accolades that he's getting. Um, and then the second one would be Scarlet by Doja Cat. Um, Doja Cat being a little controversial right now. Um, so the album is still a banger. It's what I wanted from Doja Cat. If you've been following the Doja Cat arc, she's kind of in her villain era, as they say. And I love that for her. Um, And the, the album reflects that perfectly. Great picks. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed the Georgia Kit album and I'm so glad we mentioned it because I was like, you know what? We have literally no hip hop on here and that is a crime. So thank you for bringing Doja to the studio. Jake, what are your honorable mentions? Yeah. So my first one is another girl group. You know, I love girl groups uh, called Truesdale. I would compare them to like a mix of like Heim with kind of additional harmonies of Dixie Chicks, which like it's not country. Um, it's very poppy. Um, but their album out of my mind is so good. Start to finish. It's a no skip album. Um, it didn't make the top three just because Tyler Chillers barely beat them out with in your love. Um, but, uh, a couple of like really good tracks from that album are smart, smart Iowa. It's about a girl that leaves California and she's so messed up by California that she moves to Iowa. Um, so, you know, that's got to be bad. Um, and if you're hurting, there's there's just a, it, like I said, every every track on the album is good. And I don't say that very often. I do love music, but I'm picky about lyrics, lyrics especially. And the whole album is is very smartly written and very good. Um, the second one is the new Zach Bryan album. I believe it's just self-titled. Um, he's a He's one of the only big stars on my list, but pretty much all the songs on the album that I like, I realized were duets with other people. Um, one of them being the Warren Treaty, um, and it was written by Michael Trotter from the Warren Treaty called Hey Driver. He also does a, a really good song with Casey Musgraves and another one with Sierra Farrell that I really, really like. It's definitely worth a listen. Another very, very country album, but it is good. Um, I will co-sign the Truesdale love. Jake exposed me to that group, and I am obsessed with that album. It is so good. Uh, Johnny, what are your honorable mentions? First one was Diamonds and Dance Boys by Ava Max. It came out early, late January. It is filled with great pop 
songs and it's one of those albums where you can just play from start to end and it you never feel like you're missing anything it's just 100 bang 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 great album honestly i think that would have been on there um i just wanted to i would have put that in my top three except i wanted to have a little bit more variety um but ava max if you haven't listened to it please do so um and the other one is arizona by arizona so it sounds like they would be a a country southwest band they're actually more of a um pop influence rock band based out of new jersey and went to berkeley school of music um their self-titled album which came out this year is great it kind of follows the same uh pop electronic influence that is has a little bit of an ethereal feel to it but it still rocks out in a way that doesn't make you feel like you have to plug your ears you may have to cover your eyes if you have um, seizure disorders during their concerts but they're really good to listen to um, i've loved them for the last seven years and i was glad they, that they came out with this album earlier this year and i don't know why they're not as big as they should be but maybe one of these days Maybe. And we'll put them, we will put selections from each of our honorable mentions up on our playlist as well. So you can check them out there. Um, I have two. Uh, Romy Midair is a dance pop. I, I, she's a singer from a alt pop band, which name escapes me. And I stupidly didn't put it in my notes, but I really enjoyed this album from the minute I started listening to it. Highly recommend. And then Slater's Starfucker is, um, very uh out there um i don't do drugs but when i listen to slater i feel like i am doing drugs and i mean that as a compliment um it is great slut pop um much like in the uh, the vein of kim petrus but even sluttier and i love that for her so those are our picks folks did you listen to any of them do you have opinions is there something else that we missed this episode is just the beginning of the discussion so let us know your favorites on social media and at greatpopculturedebate.com a big thank you to my panelists if you love this episode please make sure to check out the other great pop culture debates uh, best ofs of this year devoted to TV, books, and film and all releasing between now and the new year. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever else and that you follow us on our social media accounts for the latest news. And if you haven't supported us on Patreon, what are you waiting for? There are so many great perks and we'd love to have you as part of our little podcast family. And you better buckle up because the great pop culture debate has plenty more in store for you in 2024. Head to great pop culture debate com right now to vote in the remaining polls for season nine we're talking best james bond film best 80s team film best tabletop board game best classic hollywood star and that's just to name a few then in late january we'll be releasing our patreon sponsored episodes which include best 90s dance hit best tv family best nintendo villain and best les miserables song so much fun we look forward to an amazing 2024 and remember everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.